Merry Christmas. And welcome to Edgeboro Moravian Church. Friends, neighbors, family, members, visitors, and guests, we are so glad that you chose to be with us on this special day when we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Though our worship service might end today, our praise and celebration does not end. We will continue worshiping, and we invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 1030 as we focus on the watchwords or the scripture passages that we will choose to guide us in 2019, which is a long-standing Moravian tradition. Join us the following day, beginning at 430, as we hold our New Year's Eve Silent Holy Communion service. You'll see other opportunities uh, to worship that are listed in your bulletin, or you can visit us online at edgeboromoravian.org. We love to worship together, and one of the ways that we show this is by having a love feast, which we will have tonight. Hundreds of years ago, there was a Moravian worship service that was so powerful that no one wanted to leave each other. They wanted to be together. And so they had food sent in so that they could do that. And so we still have love feasts today, not full meals, but symbolic meals as a sign of how much we love to be in fellowship with one another. So in a few moments, you will be served the love feast, and we ask that you wait to partake until we sing our grace together. Candles will also be given to you in a similar way later in this service. And like the love feast, the candle has a story too, symbolizing the light and hope that Christ brings into this world And you can read more about that in your bulletins. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice through song, love feasts, candles, and be glad in it. Our Savior has come to bring light into our world. And so let us stand as we sing together, O come, all ye faithful.
please be seated, and our love feast will now be served.
Let us partake of our love feast together. Please eat and enjoy.
at this time, I would invite all children forward for our children's moments. There's a pew up front here. And if you don't find any room on the pew, you can sit on the ground. You won't miss a thing. I'll stay to the stairs. Come on down. Might have to take a seat on the floor, but that's okay. We'll have just enough room. Perfect. Merry Christmas. Hey, all right. So, are you all excited? Yes. What are you excited for? Presents. Yeah, I knew someone was going to say it. That's why I asked the question. So, sometimes we get presents of things that we want, right? What did you. Santa brings presents of the things that we want. Well, I have presents here too. I have presents here too, and I have three of them right here. Okay, I want you to try to guess what they are, but they're all labeled not something that we want, like what most presents are. This one says something that we need. In this box is something that we need. Hold on, let me shake it for you, okay? It might give you a little hint. Maybe. I kind of tried to trick you with this too, so. What do you think this is? Something we need is candy? Cereal? Chocolate? All right, something that we need. Let's see. Oh, okay. Would you open that for me? Anybody over there can open that for me. Don't dump it out, because there's, there's many things in there. Just lift off the cover. Something that we need. What's in there? Crosses. Yeah, not quite chocolate. They're not candy crosses either. They are crosses. Who do we think of when we see a cross? Who do we think of when we see a cross? Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Something that we need is Jesus. So what we learned during Christmas, oh, I'm sorry, is we get a Savior. Unto us is born a Savior of the world. So something that we need is Jesus. Okay. You see all the little crosses in here? That's why it sounded like cereal before. It wasn't cereal. Okay, here's something else. Something that we share. This is kind of light. There's not much to it. A game? Love? You think it's love? What do you think? You want to open it? You're not guessing. You're just opening, right? Okay. Let's take off the cover here. Ready? Can you help me take it off? Okay, we don't need that. All this packing stuff is in there. What else is in there? Hearts. Hearts. Did someone say love over here? Yeah, good job. Yeah, there are hearts in there. What do we think of when we see a heart? Love. love. Right, so something that we share is love. Okay, so that's gift number two. 
For those that didn't see it, here I'll show you. See a bunch of hearts. A bunch of hearts. You saw them. Good job. All right, something, something we share is love. Okay, let's put that one aside and not spill it. Okay. Here's the last one. Oh, this one's heavy. Something that we do. What do you think this is? What do you think this is? Work? Could be some work in this box. What do you think's in here? You just want to open it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what else do we think is in here? A book? A book, something we do is read? A big rock? What would we do with a rock? Never mind, I don't want to know. <laughs> All right, let's have, let's have someone, let's see, you guys got to open the last present, and we went over there last time, so we're going to go right in the middle here. Would you all want to help open this present? You do? Okay, take off the cover there. Oh, oh, oh. What's in there? A candle and a book. Can I see the candle? Thank you. A candle and a book. Where do you usually see these? Here at church when we worship. Something that we do, we worship. So we have a Savior come to us as something that we need, something that we do is we love others because Jesus loves us too, and something that we do because of that is we worship Jesus, and that's exactly what we're going to do tonight. Thank you so much for cleaning up all of that. So these three presents, guess what? We all have before you ever open any presents for Christmas. So we have three gifts that we can take with us right now. Oh, it's not open yet. Oh, maybe you can open it later. Let's pray together. Let's pray. And let's thank Jesus for these gifts. Gracious Savior, we thank you for giving us you, for giving us love that we can share, and for giving us an opportunity to worship you with candles and cookies and music. Thank you for being with us this Christmas and thank you for being with us forever and ever. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming up and helping me unwrap these presents. We're going to pack them back up so the next service can, uh, can open these, too. But you guys can go ahead and take your seats. Thank you so much for coming up. And Merry Christmas. scripture lesson this afternoon comes from Isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 through 7. <clears throat> the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders 
the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors, all the garments rolled in blood, they shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From this time onward and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And our second scripture lesson comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, the story of the birth of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went from their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David, called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Here ends the scripture, and may God add his blessings to this word. candles, the mugs, the songs, the atmosphere, it's all finally here because baby Jesus is here, at least for our purposes, because we do not have a Christmas Day service here. But tonight's the night that we've all been building up for, for what might seem like a really long time. This day might feel like it snuck up on some of us, but only because we were so busy preparing for it. Because if there's something that we know how to do well collectively, it's plan for Christmas. We've all done it before. We've had some practice in it. We know how to do it. Some of us start talking about Christmas with our families months in advance. 
And we might even start talking about next Christmas during this Christmas, especially if there's some traveling involved, which, by the way, there are more people doing that this year than ever before. All of that's to say that Christmas is a day that will never pass us by without us knowing it. It's a day so eventful that it requires another day to be an eve before it and a whole season leading up to it and 12 days after it. It's been marked on each of our calendars each year since we've been alive and centuries before that. No matter what the year, this day will never be uneventful. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, it will always be memorable. It will never be in the running for the most boring day in history. For the record, there is already a day with that title of most boring day in history, or at least most boring in the last 120 years. See, a few years ago, an English scientist using his own algorithms and computer programs put in over 3 million pieces of data about events and happenings and dates and all sorts of things into his computer program and determined that the most boring day in history was April 11, 1954. Nothing noteworthy happened that day. No wars, no events, no holidays, no famous people born or died, no infamous people born or died. And before I go on talking about April 11th, 1954, I just want to add this note that there is, if there is anyone in this room that happened to be born on April 11th, 1954, you should know that I'm sorry for bringing this up. Being born on the most boring day of the world doesn't make you the most boring person in the world because actually now you have a fun fact to share with other people. Christmas, especially that first Christmas long ago and April 11th, 1954, are so different from each other that it's almost not worth the comparison. And yet, it's that first Christmas day that could have started to shape up exactly like April 11th, 1954, the most boring day in history. Now, this wouldn't have been boring for the emperors or the governors because I'm sure there was always plenty to do and plenty of people to do it for them. And it wasn't boring for Mary and Joseph because parents, all the parents in this room would tell you that there's nothing boring about having a baby. But for the shepherds, on the other hand... It could have been the most boring day in history. What we know now as Christmas could have been like April 11th for them. This could have been like any other day where nothing noteworthy happened. The sheep were grazing and one might have ran off a little bit and one of the shepherds got him back. No big deal. And after another normal day of being a shepherd, they settled in for the night near a field just doing whatever a normal group of shepherds would be doing on any other normal night. Nothing special to see here, just another day, or maybe even an April 11th. No wonder they were surprised when an angel appeared and it blew all that boring up. To say the shepherds were surprised is actually an understatement, because the text which was read for us says in the scripture that they were terrified, not just bored or surprised, terrified. And there's more that plays into this terror as well, because I'm sure as soon as they realized an angel of God was speaking to them, they probably thought, 
Why is God speaking to me if it wasn't something bad? Because let's think about this. If God wanted something done, why wouldn't God speak to someone holy or who was more familiar with things concerning with God, like a priest in a temple? Or if God wanted something done, why wouldn't God speak to someone with power, like an emperor, the leader over the entire known world at the time? Why would God, on a boring day with nothing else going on, speak to shepherds, people who are dirty from being outside all the time, poor, often overlooked, only one or two rungs ahead of the outcasts on the social ladder, Why would God come to shepherds and ask them to do the vitally important task of being the very first people in the world to tell everyone else that the long-awaited Savior is finally here? Why would God do that? Because that's what God does. God doesn't just stop at emperors or the governors or the priests or the nobility the people who are noteworthy and have power and influence. No, God enters the lives of people like Abraham and Sarah and Moses and David, Mary and Joseph, and now the shepherds. There are so many people in the Bible who come out of obscurity or from the outcasts and make huge impacts on the world and become vital to the ways that God works. God is wonderfully backwards, and Christmas reminds us of that. Christmas reminds us that God doesn't just come to the wealthy or the powerful or the name recognized or the presumed perfect. And God doesn't just come to people who we would expect during the times that we would expect. Now, Christmas reminds us that God comes to normal people like us during wonderful days, during horrible days, and during the most normal mundane, and boring April 11ths of our lives. God comes to us right where we are and invites us to do the incredibly important task of showing the world hope, peace, joy, love, and the good news of our Savior that we sing about tonight. And thanks be to God for that. Now, many of us have heard the Christmas story many times before, And we've done perhaps the same Christmas traditions many times before. And even though the story is an amazing story and the traditions are amazing traditions, sometimes the amazingness wears off a little bit. And we're less shocked by the story and Christmas feels a little more normal than last year. If this happens, may we all be reminded of those shepherds because their story is proof that God can make the normal unbelievable. May we be blessed this Christmas and each day after as God invites all of us into God's amazing, good, and holy story. Amen. At this time, we take a moment to recall our gratitude for the promises and blessings that God has given to us each day. Those things that we are truly thankful for and those things that which we often take for granted. And out of this gratitude, we share the gifts that have been entrusted to us. And we do so now in this time of offering.
Let us pray. We give you thanks, gracious Lord, for the glorious creation your hands have made. We thank you for the land that we stand on, the air that we breathe, and the water that we use. Help us to care for these blessings as you do. We thank you for your greatest gift to us, one that fit in a manger long ago. May the blessings that our Savior gives to us fill our hearts with love until overflowing. Receive our gifts of generosity and transform them into blessings for others in need. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
Though the lights that we hold will go out, may we always hold in our hearts the light that has been given to us, the light that was given to us on Christmas long ago, which abides in us as long as we live. May we share this light in all that we do and all that we say, and may this light bring to us and others a Merry Christmas. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you.